0: Uh, you've heard the Frank Zappa quote that music journalism is, uh, you know, <laughs> written by people who can't write, interviewing people who can't speak for people who can't read. <laughs>
1: One, two, three, four. Hello, sweet beauties. Welcome. To Barely About Music, episode six. Can't believe we made it six deep. And here you are, and here I am, and that's exciting. That's a good thing, you know? Um, I was talking to the twins, Jen and Sylvia Soska. They've been on the show before. About how my reputation, this is how they describe me. I like this, and I like it, and I find it accurate. They describe me as a non-participant. That is perfect. Oh, you don't believe me? Invite me to your pool party and watch me sit poolside and read a book. Oh, you don't believe me? Invite me to your wedding. Watch me not come to the bachelor party, even though I'd have fun at it. And just show up to the wedding with no date in an odd future hoodie with a backpack on with my laptop in it. Yeah, test me. See how much I can't commit. No driver's license, can't swim. Okay. Why? Why is that? Because when everybody was learning to drive and swim, I was in my bedroom as an only child studying Gothic culture and Dennis Rodman's stats and learning as much as I could about the Bristol trip hop scene. How has that, that benefited my future? Doesn't. I mean, it kind of does for this podcast. This podcast really makes me sound like Uh, I know a lot of things, but these are all the things I know. I'm such a baby dude that I'm a baby dude. I'm such a baby. And it's because I don't have a day job. Like, I just do music and comedy. So all I do are things I want to do. And that is really difficult for having a conversation or a meaningful relationship with anyone who also isn't a human adult baby you know like it, it if only my weird skill set could uh could help other people day to day like if someone was like oh my god my son was hit by a car Can anyone here help him and i'm like does six facts about massive attacks album blue lines help doesn't does any of my skill set help anyone doesn't But if you want someone to tell you about how Robert Smith was in Susie and the Banshees at one point and they called him Fat Bob till he quit, I could tell you about that. Does that help anybody? Okay. My guest today is one of the funniest people I've ever met. And people around the world are beginning to know about him He has a podcast called Stop Podcasting Yourself He's very funny He's open for Dave Chappelle a whole bunch of times Basically any big comic that's come to town He's open for them And they respect him and they like him Um, His name's Graham Clark He has that podcast I said And then he also has his own weekly show uh, Which is called Laugh Gallery Which is really funny you should check him out if you're in Vancouver. Make sure you see him. He's also in uh, Montreal quite a bit in Winnipeg, and he's talking about coming to the States, which is where he actually th- I think has his biggest following. So check him out, Graham Clark. I can hear my mother call. I can hear my mother call. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: early aughts? The the 90s, maybe?
1: You're such a classy guy that you call it the early aughts. I like that. Is that what the 90s are called?
0: No, the 90s are called the 90s. The early 2000s are called the early aughts. Oh,
1: man. You're so much smarter than me. This is going to be so embarrassing. (laughs) She's got a similar energy to Biff Naked, who's like one of the most positive people I've ever met. Is that right? She's so sweet. I mean, I met her... One time, and she seemed really, really nice. But yeah, yeah, she also like survived cancer, and that'll make you positive, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it. I feel like
0: okay. There's two classes of people I know who survived cancer. Okay, there's people who it's dead people, and then the people (laughs) who survived it. Uh, (laughs) The people who who survived it and it gave them a, a total new yeah. Look on life and then there's people who survived it and they stayed exactly the same (laughs)
1: really yeah like i feel like i thought you're gonna say they got more negative
0: no nobody i don't feel like anybody who survives it
1: Mm -hmm.
0: gets more negative but i feel like Mm -hmm. uh there's people who had no effect right on on their like being really outside of the fact that that was a thing that happened to
1: them i'm too emotional to not have my whole life changed yeah. By even by you just coming over here. Thank you. Thanks. Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You used to work at a video store, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Black Dog.
1: Black Dog on commercial? On Canby. Okay. Yeah. Well, I feel like you're really gonna enjoy the first video I <laughs> I brought up. Perhaps you're you're familiar with the movie Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea, yes. Yes.
0: <sighs> the, the the sharks that uh they're they,
1: genius-level sharks. And they can swim backwards, I remember, in the movie. I don't think sh- most sharks can do that. Yeah. No. You've got to be pretty smart. <laughs> so the, the whole movie takes place in an underwater bunker where there's scientists working on these genius-level sharks, of which LL Cool J was a chef at. That's right. And he had a parrot. And this was... I like when... I forgot he had a parrot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He loved that parrot. Um, <laughs> the parrot sa- saved his life at one point, but uh, maybe that's why he loves it so much. But maybe um, I really like when soundtracks, when the star of the movie has a song on the soundtrack specifically yes. for the movie. So I think you're really going to enjoy <laughs> this song. L Cool J, deepest, bluest. I think you're specifically going to enjoy the first lyrics.
0: <laughs> and it's got clips from the movie? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yes. What?
2: My head is like a shark fin. Yeah, it is. Yeah.
0: Oh, and this is called <laughs> Deepest Blue in brackets. Shark's. Fin. <laughs> they couldn't decide. They were like, that's such a good lyric. Do you think it's kind of like a rabbit's foot? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> good luck charm. I mean, they make soup out of it. I know that. <laughs> uh,
1: here's what I know about shark fin. Okay, Sometimes they appear you
0: know. just above the water and they freak
1: everybody out. Right. You can make soup out of them. Okay. <laughs> I'm. I'm just happy you prepared for this. Um, I don't even... I think that sh- uh, a shark showing its fin is kind of braggadocious before it eats you. Yeah. I mean, sharks... Uh, I feel like sharks
0: post jaws are very like they know they know the suspense they they understand the quality of making your presence known a little bit right. before they you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, before it's they attack
1: like uh, boxers glaring at each other before they fight. Mm-hmm. Sharks and boxers are so similar. <laughs> How else are they similar? <laughs> well, um barely wear any clothes either of them. Yeah, that's true um i feel like boxers spend a lot of time in the water uh for calisthenics is that a word that means swimming <laughs> calisthenics is yeah like any kind of like it's some sort of exercise right oh, calisthenics. Man. you know so much leave me my personal trainer <laughs> no god no look at me <laughs> so handsome what are you talking about i need a personal trainer to make me handsome <laughs>
0: You're handsome as the day is long. Come on <laughs> so now,
1: sweet to me. I'm glad you came. You're changing my life. <laughs> uh, I also like that in this movie, Deep Blue Sea, uh, Michael Rappaport is a scientist in it. Right. Oh, that's of right. <laughs> um, and uh. and also Samuel L. Jackson. Have you seen this movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, do you remember the Samuel L. Jackson monologue scene?
0: Well, yeah, because it gets uh, cut just Go just ahead. short.
1: Sp- Spoiler alert, go ahead. What is he
0: I can't remember what word he finishes off on, but like he's saying he's in the middle of saying something in the shark
2: attacks so. him.
1: I'm just thinking of the dialogue from Snakes on a Plane,
2: so I'm of <laughs> no help in this
1: conversation.
0: But I remember watching this with my brothers mm-hmm. and we used to love we loved a, a big budget, bad movie. Still do. Yeah. yeah.
1: But I have I haven't in the last while I haven't seen like a what's a good Any Fast and Furious is going... I've not missed one in the theater, and I don't even have my driver's license.
0: (laughs) That should be on the poster. (laughs) I love this movie. I don't even have my driver's license. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I... I, Like, we used to go out of our way to see movies like this. Like, I may have seen this in the theater. Yeah, I saw it in the theater. And
2: I I remember... You snuck in. Oh, because you couldn't get in. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But I remember there's a scene where the shark is ramming some glass, and then it backs up. Yep. And a shark, even a very smart shark, can't do that.
1: <laughs> that's the level of CGI we were dealing with mm-hmm. back then. Is, th- And we were happy to have it. <laughs> that was that was not great CGI, but we mm-hmm. were... That's,
0: <laughs> it should be pointed out that there are uh, synchronized swimmers in this video.
1: Well... I mean you gotta keep it sexy, Graham. As they, my personal trainer, you should know that.
0: <laughs> they used to have whole movies where people would just synchronize swim. <laughs> what? Yeah, like you know like big splashy uh Hollywood musicals. Oh yeah. That they would shoot them like from above and they would do these crazy Yeah uh, choreography and that that's now you don't see a lot of uh You don't see it outside of the Olympics, or
1: maybe, if you're lucky, a music video. Maybe the Olympics owns the rights on that kind of concept Oh, yeah, the Olympics. They're very litigious. (laughs) They're very litigious. Your word choice is just (laughs) (laughs) mind-blowing today. I like, um, you know what I was thinking about was, I remember when I was a little kid, I saw a commercial for the Olympics, and I remember it was, I think it was like eight, and it was sponsored by McDonald's, and it showed a bunch of... Olympic runners eating Big Macs, and even when I was eight, I was like, "That can't be right." Yeah, that doesn't seem right. It's too much sodium. <laughs> you're gonna get cramps. Do you get cramps from sodium? I'm just making stuff. I up.
0: think if you're running and eating a Big Mac, you're gonna get cramps. <laughs> to I think. Same time? I think you were
1: right. Young you was correct. Young me was way smarter than current <laughs> me.
0: <laughs> the uh, I always thought that like the Olympics, advertising, like whatever soda. Or, you know... Mountain Dew. Ma- yeah, Mountain Dew or McDonald's or... Mm-hmm. Like, any kind of thing that, that those athletes wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole, you yeah. know? Uh, I always thought that should be illegal. Yeah. Right? Or or at least that the Olympics would be like, we're better than that. We won't take that money. Yeah.
1: But... Uh, they're not. They're not. And uh, you know what? My stepdad, I remember he he's like this... He Actually, he, he is a personal trainer. Oh, is he really? <laughs> he has done that, yeah. Uh, he said he's so snobby about fast food, and which hurt my feelings growing up. But uh, <laughs> he said McDonald's commercials should only legally be allowed to have people in the commercials that actually eat McDonald's every day. I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> Don't you think that's fair? Yeah. That being said, Super Size Me just made me hungry. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So when you were growing up, you know weren't allowed any fast food. It was pretty rough in my house for treats. Okay, and and I think as a result of that, when I was old enough to buy my own treats, I went way overboard, and yeah. now I want treats at all times. Yeah, that yeah.
0: see that's the that's it can trigger a backfire because what my uh, one of my best friends growing up, his parents tried to be the holistic. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll eat, uh, like yeah. what was considered a treat?
1: Mm, like I want, am still my favorite thing in the world is Coca-Cola. Yeah. It's my favorite. Like you like root beer. You understand the it. soda thing. Uh, soda is my favorite. Okay. Like more than anything. Like any kind of soda, just as long as Coca-Cola's it's. Coca-Cola is my favorite. Um. What's one that you won't touch with a 10 foot pole? Just as far as, I mean, there's a lot of diet sodas that just taste like cancer to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, diet mean, sodas are rough. They can be. I think. Uh, I think the best one is actually this one. This Diet A and W root beer. It's not bad, eh? It's pretty close. Yeah, it's the closest to any uh, any actual drink, uh, as far as diet drinks go. What do you think? What's your least favorite?
0: Least favorite? I think probably uh, you know I like it's something I. I guess it's not least favorite, but like
1: Sprite. Yeah, I, I had 7-Up recently, and I was flabbergasted with how bad it tasted, to me. <laughs> to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me put a disclaimer on that. I know there's a lot of 7-Up heads out there. but yeah, Absolutely. Fido Didos, we call, <laughs> we call them. He's great. He's great. Next to Yo Noid, he's the greatest <laughs> spokesperson of the 90s. What happened to Yo Noid? What happened to Claymation? Do you want to know what happened to the Noid? <laughs> yes, I do. Is this his is... name not Yonoid? <laughs>
0: Uh, I don't know that he was, he was just, I think he was called the annoyed. Okay. and he, this is for real. This is, you can look this up. Uh, there was a guy that I think he suffered. He was either schizophrenic or bipolar or something in that world. Mm-hmm. And he thought those ads were talking about him he, he, and he went into a uh, dominoes and like held the workers there hostage. Yeah. And it was such a, a a big news story that they just dumped the whole campaign because it became associated with what? Yeah, with that this guy like,
1: ruined Noid for everybody. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's why there's no that like because the Noid I think was super successful <laughs>
1: as a as a spokes. How could he not be as a spokes Clay?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean a food chain making your your commercials look like a primus music video is a recipe for success by the way that's this is the third episode in a row i've brought up primus um well why not let's dive (laughs) let's dive deep into the primus talk there's a primus vhs right there
0: (laughs) which oh yeah uh my friend when i was in high school was so into primus yeah that I just I absorbed like I I liked them but mm-hmm. I didn't love them mm-hmm. like this guy loved and yeah. knew every song and had posters yeah. and when a new album came out he was like so so excited. Yeah. And I was like I I was like it always felt like is this a joke that a guys playing like it's or is this supposed to be like this is really what's in him mm-hmm. musically? You talking about
1: less like less, less clip-able. Clip-able. yeah Yeah. Um I'm listen like I'm confused because I love that band, yeah. But also my first instrument is bass, so I know why I love it. But right. why did everyone else? Love it? You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah. I mean, it's weird. Like I remember when I was listening to it as a kid, my mom was like, oh, this is pretty cool. It's like Frank Zappa." So I guess there is an element of that, right? Um, and it was it was weird. That, like she always hated music I listened to, and then she draws a line at Primus. So she liked Primus, (laughs)
0: huh? Yeah, but I feel like you could you could get into Primus, yeah. Like it was a very like because it seemed wacky, yeah. So like, yeah, it was fun. So Mm -hmm. anybody could get into it,
1: yeah. And then they ended up being kind of like the spokespeople for doing theme songs for sort of like alternative comedy shows. So like Matt, I mean, he did the they did the theme song of South Park and then Robot Chicken in a row, so. Those dudes were into Primus, but they also went to music school, so I get why they would think Primus are cool. Right. So weird. And also, metalheads yeah. like Primus. Yeah. Why? Why is? Why do the people? Because you know, like when you meet somebody who
0: likes, say, like uh, they might be Giants. Yeah.
1: You're like, there's that's a type of person. You're like, I now know a lot about your past and your future. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know that that's a type, but there isn't a type of person that likes primus
1: yeah not really right it's it's really like i feel like nerds like it i -hmm. feel like metal guys like it yeah i feel like
0: comedy guys like it definitely but then there's also just like people who are like like i feel like music some music snobs will like primus totally and that that's always like surprising to me
1: yeah um yeah, because you are not gonna you are not gonna score any babes citing Primus as your favorite band. <laughs> I mean, I didn't.
0: Yeah, are they? Who are the women Primus
1: fans? Where are they? I don't know that there are any. Yeah, I, I wonder. Ju- good call. Yeah, um, I went at we were just talking about JFL last week. I went to two shows. Um, well, I went to a couple, but Bill Burr. Yeah, tons of beautiful women there. Okay, Anthony Jeselnik, no women. Anthony Jeselnik's good looking. Right, he's a good-looking guy. He looks like the devil, right. who I'm assuming is attractive.
0: Yeah, I guess the devil would be attractive.
1: I mean, how's he gonna pull his tricks on you unless he's handsome? That's true. How's he gonna get his hoof in the door? <laughs>
2: um,
0: that old adage. So, uh, do you, do you think that like uh, like Anthony Jeselnik and Primus is there is there a?
1: I think Jeselnik is Marilyn Manson.
2: Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. How explain that analogy. I like because this analogy.
1: He is okay, so Marilyn Manson's whole thing is that he would be so charismatic that people would have no choice but to at least listen to what he has to say. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he's going to be outspoken, but he's going to do it in a calm way. So if you saw Marilyn Manson go on The O'Reilly Factor, which is a great interview. Yeah, um, I think I've watched it. yeah. Bill O'Reilly gets really upset and mad, and Manson just keeps deflecting it with jokes. Any question he has, he'll just spin it off with a joke and then say something thoughtful right. and not shocking, so he knows how to do it. And it, it ends It ends up making Bill O'Reilly look silly, and I think that it's like that with Jezelnik. Like His Twitter has been crazy offensive lately. Oh, really? Kind of the only guy that can get away with it. He, I mean, he is shocking on
0: purpose yeah. and that's his whole kind of mode.
1: Yeah. Which is interesting because I think a lot of, um, open mic comics, their first time, you'd know this more than me. But their thing is, they'll be really disgusting and offensive, right? And it, they don't really pull it off that great a lot of the time. It's kind of like a first base kind of attempt at doing stand up. Seems like to me, right? He can get away with it for some reason better than anybody.
0: Very few. I was talking about this because I went and saw Nikki Glaser, mm-hmm. and she's so funny. Yeah, and she's she's her jokes are very she's you know dirty kind of yeah comedy. But she can pull it off because yep. the audience buys it yep. from her. Yeah. And I was trying to explain to my friend that was there that,
1: like, the audience has to buy you doing it. Totally. Or else. I mean, there's nothing more off-putting than uh, desperation from a right. performer. Um, and it's I think the audience may not even be able to say, like, this is desperate. They'll just feel something sort of disingenuous about it. Right. I don't know what it is though. Like it's Jeselnik's pacing too, I think his voice has a lot to do with that. I think that ab- ab- about that a lot with actors. It's like I think the reason Denzel Washington is such a great actor, part of the reason, is his voice. He has a good voice for dialogue. He really does, you know. And yeah. same with De Niro and all these people.
0: So do you think it's it's that he has like really it's his presence, Jeselnik? Yeah, Jeselnik that it's he's confidence. able to, yeah pull these things off. Cause he does, he says very awful things yeah, yeah. and they're meant to kind of uh give you a jolt. Yeah. Right?
1: You know what though? Like just, just at least what's going on lately, just sort of um, with social media, like my friend, I went there with my friend Kirby. He plays in a great band called war baby. And oh, we yeah. went there and we felt comfortable. We kept saying like, I feel comfortable in this audience. Right. To be able to laugh at this stuff. Right. And actually to a certain extent, Bill Burr was like that too. It's like, I'm in a safe place to laugh at offensive things.
0: But why do you think no women at Lick and then women at Bill Burr?
1: Um, my friends, uh, they're these they're these twin directors. Um, they, they're called the Saska sisters. And That's a cool thing. <laughs> yeah. That's a cool thing to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Twin awesome. directors? That's totally. really cool. Yeah, I do the music for all their movies. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, but um, they love Bill Burr, even though they'd consider them... they. Are feminists, they call themselves third wave feminists. Okay. But they love Bill Burr because he says things that they feel they can't see. So they love that they can't say. So they love that bit about gold digging whores. Right. I don't know if you remember that bit from one of his specials about Kobe Bryant's wife and leaving him and whatever. They they feel they can't say that stuff. Right. So they like him for that reason and they find it refreshing.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah.
1: Huh. It's interesting. So it's weird seeing people's perception and f- f- them feeling like they can or can't laugh at something.
0: Yeah, because I mean, it, it's there has always been uh, comedy or comedians that appeal, you know, vastly to men over women. Yep. That's that's been since stand up comedy. Totally. And then having that crossover appeal mm-hmm. where people could go on a date. Yeah. And watch this person and not leave feeling like they, you know, one side was overly totally. bullied or whatever. Yeah. Uh, may, and maybe that's what Burr
1: has. Maybe, maybe he's he's brought that, um, which is interesting because he's not being safe. No, yeah.
0: but I don't think it's about, I think it's about like, uh, and I could be way off on this, but I think it's about uh, smarts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's about you know staying safe. I think it's about laziness. No. I think that I think that's what people what do you mean? I think people don't like when a, a shocking joke is lazy mm-hmm. And I think that's when people, especially uh, this kind of next generation of comedy fans yep. are going to respond very negatively to laziness.
1: Yeah and uh, yeah, you can't get away with that now, huh?
0: I don't think so. Yeah. Not like you could in the you know, maybe the '80s or the the com- the first comedy boom. I think you right. could get away with a lot of garbage, kind of
1: lazy, kind of stuff. Because people hadn't seen it before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and
0: I think you also before stand-up became something that you could watch on TV and mm-hmm. everything like that, you couldn't uh, you couldn't dissect it as much. Right. And now it's everywhere. You can totally. you just have it at your fingertips all the time. Yeah. Um. But I think like if you go and then somebody's beating up on one side or the other a lot, but it's very yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, lazy and kind of dumb. <laughs> I think people. I think that's what people. Yeah. Don't like more than safety, not safety.
1: Right. I okay. think. No, you might. I think you might be right. It's it, it's weird too thinking that at one point andrew dice clay was like the biggest comedian in the world i don't understand it really yeah <laughs> i think it's i think it's a result of because you know how we're going through a time right now where people who have felt offended are kind of hitting back yeah and it's it's freedom of speech is not quite what it was i think he came as a result of that, maybe hmm. it's what I've heard. It's what I've read. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's so far the other way. Like it's like frat boy sort of like asshole comedy. Yeah, it's kind of it's you know it's kind of like it's kind of like Two Live cruise lyrics in stand up form. <laughs> you know, it was like it, it was, was like yeah. nursery rhyme. I know I that's so. what I
0: couldn't when I was a kid. Even and yeah. you know when you're a kid, you want to get anything that has swears. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember listening to a tape, like, you know, in elementary school Yeah. of Andrew Dice Clay and feeling like, I'm better than this. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm above whatever. You were wearing a monocle. Time, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Like, uh, but, you know, like, I remember the first time, like, listening to Richard Pryor and it being this very different... Yeah kind of feeling like mm-hmm. oh my gosh the, the yeah. things this guy's saying and yeah. how he's saying them yeah um it felt like you were really getting into
1: something yeah, yeah.
0: but i don't know what it was and could never get andrew dice clay and i didn't ever understand um sam Kinison either
1: oh really yeah man sam Kinison has a charisma that it's captivating to me i also hmm. let once again i love his voice when he'd scream it just sounds good to me
0: and i think the scream was the thing yeah you know like nobody yeah. was doing anything like that mm-hmm. but it's
1: interesting to me
0: to hear you say that you found him charismatic because mm-hmm. that that does bring it back that you have yeah. to have a certain type of energy yep to kind of like sell mm-hmm. anything beyond kind of Uh, kind of the most kind of everybody agrees this is uh, fine to talk about kind of stuff
1: right so
0: you do you have to have it's not necessarily even charm it's just like you have to be able to sell it
1: Absolutely. It's yeah. a confidence thing. He also was a preacher before he was a comic. Right. And do you know the story about him getting in a car accident? Yeah, yeah.
0: And that he was very... He was kind of docile before and then...
1: And then he had a car accident, changed his personality to what we ended up knowing. Yeah, before. yeah, yeah. Um, It, like... He's uh, so he still had a preacher vibe on stage.
0: That's very true. Uh, yeah.
1: Where it, it, he had, I, I noticed about this about certain comics too, even in this city, because I think we're in a city that's just choked with amazing comedians. Mm-hmm. Some people, when they hit the stage, people just stop talking. Yeah. I noticed that about Ivan a little bit. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it might kind of be his voice also. Right. You know, um, but I noticed when. Uh, Sam Kinnison would hit the stage, you really pay attention. Like Letterman, who's so hard to impress, was like in love with him.
0: That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And he it's he's from the time, he's from the late eighties where you could just have uh, a hot 30, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, and exist that way. For for a, a long time. Yeah. yeah. I mean Jay Leno's still doing the same stuff he's did in the sixties or sorry, the seventies, but he he's never He has no specials, so no one would know that. Right. So he's still doing a lot of that material, and he thinks that's the way it should be. Is like this is my act. I've been working this my whole life. Yeah. Do it and then let it go and never do it again. Why? It's my best stuff. Why? It's what people come to see. You know.
0: Yeah, which is a that's an old old, like comedy argument is do people come to see? And because you're you're such a comedy fan, this is a good question. Do you go to see the person, Mm -hmm. or do you go to see the act?
1: um i i can watch the same special like five times okay i like the nuances like three mics by neil brennan i've watched it like eight times i show people is that right yeah i nice. really i really like um the that's why I, th- I think it's why i like jeselnik so much it's like every joke is like a well-written song oh cool beginning okay. middle end. there's no unnecessary wording right and i just like look up to that yeah, yeah, yeah. So I find it captivating. Like I've listened to his three albums like a lot and mm-hmm. I like showing them to people too. So Right. Yeah. Do you you you've been doing it so long, do you kind of do you listen to comedy albums? Do you like them for that reason?
0: Um, I will listen to certain people's. Yeah. Um, I I can't watch specials. Oh wow. I don't there's there's nothing in that for me personally yeah. to watch. Was there ever? No. Yeah, I always, I always consume comedy audio. Yeah. And I want to be able, I either want to be there mm-hmm. in, and actually sitting there watching it, or I want to be able to fill in the gaps with my imagination. Right. But the kind of passive watching it, uh, watching a special was never. Huh.
1: Yeah. That's interesting.
0: Yeah. It never did
1: anything for me. Uh. Um, Just going back to what we were talking about, about charisma and and that kind of thing. When you opened for Dave Chappelle, it was four shows, right? That's right, yeah. And it was right when he'd come back from his hiatus. Yeah. What were those crowds like?
0: They were great. I mean, they were really great. And and surprisingly, uh, self-policing because... Really? Yeah, because the week before he had played, I can't remember where, but he had walked off stage. It was, I think, it was Minnesota because he had yeah. those
1: shirts made that said "fuck Minnesota." or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was like
0: a week or two weeks before he was here, yeah. and so I think the crowd really didn't want him to walk <laughs> off stage. <laughs> yeah.
1: So they were good. That's good. Yeah, like no they one were was really good. Out quotes or anything? No,
0: and and I think like. Uh, you know, the stuff he was doing, I think people were just excited to see him back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I don't know, I I don't think that there was any sense that he was back for for keeps, mm-hmm. you know? So people were very excited to see him.
1: I still feel like that with him. Yeah, he
0: could, <laughs> he could absolutely. He's done his duty at Netflix yeah. and like collected yeah. a big paycheck and maybe he goes away.
1: I don't know. Yeah. he likes know. doing, like when he was just showing up in parks with PA systems and doing like, free shows at parks and stuff like that like he just wow. seems like like he his his goals are so much more ab- abstract than other people's Well his you
0: know? uh you know you've heard maybe the story about his mentor Who? Uh I can't remember his name but he was a guy he was a guy who did that. He, oh. did, he performed in in Central Park.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. I Forget the comic's name but I know who you're talking about in DC. And, uh
0: yeah and he Well, he was in New York, okay, and he got. uh, You know, he did get a break. He did end up getting hired by SNL. Oh, but he couldn't. He was illiterate. He didn't know how to read or write, (laughs) because he'd grown up on the streets, (laughs) and uh, and so he they couldn't use him. uh, Unfortunately, but he he kind of taught. Dave everything he knew. And and one of Dave's like passion projects that he always wanted to do was a movie about that guy. Oh. But it never.
2: Oh, man.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, he's like uh, he's kind of one of these undiscovered.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's Kind of like a a less popular Paul Mooney or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a guy who did it and didn't ever have even a success enough to be in a club.
1: Wow. Do you know what I mean? Like he was
0: doing it on the street. Yeah. And you can see video of him. It doesn't carry because it's it's very of its time, you know. Yeah. But he would, he would like a busker, but doing stand-up.
1: Wow. So it's exactly what Chappelle was doing. Yeah,
0: yeah. So he, he definitely, like, was reliving that guy's... Yeah. It's yeah.
1: cool to know even he had a hero. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that was, like, probably you do the
0: same thing with music, mm-hmm. where, like, if you find a musician you really love, you want to know who they love. Absolutely. Loved. And so, like, you can kind of trace it back and find all these cool...
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. When I was a teenager and I got super into the Deftones, yeah. yeah. like, oh, they're covering The Smiths, The Cure, Bad Brains. I don't even need to hear it. Those are my three new bands. (laughs) You know what I mean? What was your first CD or Um, tape or record?
0: First CD or tape... Well, let me think, because CD and tape would have been different. Mm -hmm. I think my first tape... Was when I was a kid. It was a comedy tape, Really? and it was a compilation tape. Jerky Boys. <laughs> they. I hadn't you even made the scene. Calls. I love pranks. <laughs> you know me. I love them. Uh, it was um, a compilation put out by Just for Laughs. Oh, really? So it was like five minute sets from like uh, Brian Regan was on wow. there. Jerry Seinfeld and uh, Paula Poundstone and. Uh, 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 Rita Rudner Wow yeah Dennis Wolfberg who's uh, the only one I don't know so far Dennis Wolfberg was just like this really funny guy who was uh, used to be a um, school teacher Okay. and uh, he was really big in the 80s and early 90s he passed away uh, in the early 90s and uh, just a really like one of these guys that just talks funny yeah okay like just his delivery was hilarious yeah um anyway so that was my first tape yeah was uh just for laughs and i think my first cd was michael jackson's dangerous
1: oh yeah that was my first cassette <laughs> that's so cool
0: yeah i think that was the first thing i had on cd so. i remember
1: my mom got a new car and it just came in the car wow <laughs> no no case uh which was upsetting to me and yeah the yeah yeah yeah, uh, it's funny. Steve Bays and I have an ongoing argument about whether or not that's a good album because he says it's a horrible album. I think it's a good album.
0: What I I I don't even remember what's on it. Black but, or white? Yeah,
1: black or white. Jam, right. where the music video had Michael Jordan and that's Slash right. in it. <laughs> yeah, and Jam's a good song. Jam is a good song. Yeah, there's a bunch of cool. Uh, I can't. I can't remember what else was on. Was, was remember the time on that? Uh, I think it
0: was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So suck it, Steve. <laughs> yeah, <Diggs>. yeah. <laughs> that's. I think. I think I'm in camp. It was a good album. Yeah. But the problem with Michael Jackson is his all of his albums leading up to that were all like all time classics. Yeah. So even if even if nine out of ten songs were good. Yeah. On Dangerous, it could still be looked at as a failure. <laughs> Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that's not fair. No,
0: it's not fair, but, you know, yeah. so the world goes. I know. But I remember, do you remember when that, well, that album came out?
1: That video, that Black or White, they debuted it? After The Simpsons? That's right. Because it was before The Simpsons because... At the end of the video, he smashed up the car and grabbed his junk a whole bunch of times. And then the beginning of that Simpsons episode, they parodied it. Wow! Total crossover. Nice. That's so cool. And then do you remember that he, was, he got in trouble like, for that video for it being violent? I do. Yeah, because he smashed up a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'd been doing on Street Fighter 2's bonus round for years <laughs> at that point. I just remember
0: being so excited that there was this much hype around yeah. a music video. Yeah, yeah. And then the morphing technology—that was the first time I oh, ever where saw their that. Faces were morphing. Yeah, yeah.
1: I remember um, my babysitter because I was a little kid when that came out. My babysitter was this like teenage girl, and when it was morphing through all the faces, she was like, "Hot, hot, nope, <laughs> hot." <laughs> Great babysitter. <laughs> she ate all my Oreos. Really? Mm-hmm. Bad babysitter. Exactly. Um, this was in the day where the the Oreo filling had neon colors. <gasps> You remember that? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I remember that, and I remember when uh, Chips Ahoy first came out with colored. Kevin. Chow- yeah, yeah, yeah. He. he, he oops. Yo Noid. <laughs> Let's
1: just talk about uh, those guys. Yeah, yeah, whole... yeah. <laughs> Yo Noid. I gotta stop calling him that, Graham. It's that's, just Noid. It's the just the Noid. Noid. He had his own Nintendo game.
0: Was it called? Was the game called Yo Noid? Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's it. I think that's what it is. Yeah, there you go. Fido Dido had his own game, and his own uh, like Saturday morning cartoon. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a whole uh, like crew of Didos. Really? Yeah. There was a dog one and a girl one.
1: Family, maybe. Yeah. Man, he was sitting on an empire. Yeah. I like picturing him being like really conceited about how successful (laughs) he is. No, that's not the Fido Dido way. You gotta be cool. Yeah. He was cool. cool. (laughs) He was cool. (laughs) He was Gen X embodied.
0: Yeah, I remember giving away because at uh, the show that I host, Laugh Gallery, I give away yeah. prizes, and I gave away a Fido Dido watch, and nobody in the audience knew who Fido Dido was. What I know, you gotta get an older
1: crowd. <laughs> yeah, times change, man. <laughs> <laughs> man, um, how long have you been doing? Stop podcasting yourself. Uh,
0: just like a couple of weeks ago, it's been ten years. Wow.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: it's funny because I, I got you this root beer. It yep. made me think of the first episode of your show I ever listened to is where you had Moshe Kasher on and you got him some weird sodas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That was really funny how he's like, <laughs> the first one you got was was like bee pollen flavor or something. And then, That's and, right. I and remember that. the next that. one was like, it was like you guys were so excited to see if it was going to taste good. He's like, and it tastes like water. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I remember going out and buying... Uh, yeah, I don't know why. Maybe he requested sodas, <laughs> but I went and bought a, like, a selection of weird sodas.
1: From, like, the Vietnamese corner yeah, store? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And,
0: nice. uh, I remember when we had Reggie Watts on. Whoa. I was like, what kind of, what do you want beverage-wise? And he said, kombucha? And that was way before kombucha was, like, wow. everywhere. So I had to, like, go to the one store in town that had it. And, uh... I think he liked it fine. <laughs>
1: you like kombucha? I, eh, I
0: don't know. It's okay.
1: I want to like it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess I want to like it, too. But then I've seen it being made, and I go, no, no. That's, really? What's yeah. that like? It's like in a, a big
1: uh, jar.
0: Garbage and they, can? <laughs> yeah, it's in a big garbage can, and there's a guy stirring it with his bare arm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Literally just stirring garbage, and then the juice
0: that comes out. It's co- It's got a thing in it called a SCOBY. And it's this big uh, bacterial lump thing. Okay. And uh, that's
1: what makes it. I'm just trying really hard not to make a Scobie Bryant <laughs> joke right now. I know you're not a sports guy. So I I've... know, Scobie Bryant. <laughs> I'm aware of
0: Scobie Bryant. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, 10 years. Wow. I know, right? Man. It's my most, it's my longest-lasting committed relationship. <laughs> you,
1: you must have got in right at the top of podcasting then, because like Corollas seemed to be like the first big one I knew about. Yeah, and that was like ten years ago.
0: Yeah, like when we started, there wasn't very many. Mm-hmm. There wasn't very many comedy podcasts. There probably was none in this city. There was none in this city, yeah. and there was. You know, just uh, across the board, like the Corolla was doing one. Uh, Jimmy Pardo's mm. never not funny. Uh, Jordan Jesse Go is one I listened to, and then uh, the best show on WFMU. And then there was like Keith and the Girl, that had started a long time ago. Okay, and and then that was kind of it. Like there may be a missing one or two, hmm. but so when we started, I didn't even really know what a podcast was. Like I started listening to them after we started. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden kind of in the last
1: five years,
0: yeah, a billion,
1: a bunch of imitators like myself. <laughs> um, wow. That's so crazy that I didn't realize it had been that long. And it, and you, it was always you and Dave Shumko.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it was Dave's idea mm-hmm. to do a podcast and, uh, you know, it's, it's worked out really well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You've had such great guests. Yeah. Do you feel weird asking them to be on the show? No, that's good. Um, I understand when people, if
0: they can't, yeah, uh, like because especially if you're, if you're in town and you have to do other kind of work while you're in town, then I totally get it. But I've been on the road enough to know that there are days when you would just love to have anything to do, <laughs> yeah. you know, except just sit in the hotel, you know. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, I I'm not afraid to ask. I totally get it if they don't want to, but uh, yeah. you know, especially we've been around long enough that I think maybe people are they're not afraid that it's going to be weird, you know? Okay, yeah, it's yeah. It's going to be like some weird. Yeah because i've also done those where i've gone to some place and it's been weird and i'm there for hours and hours and i'm like what is going well, so need on to talk about my apartment now
2: okay?
0: <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, i definitely have done ones where like they didn't explain what the concept was and then i showed up unprepared and yeah. i didn't know what anything was going to be and, mm. and then i've also done ones where like, it's like this, we're talking and then a third person just walks in the door <laughs> and I'm like, am I supposed to pretend that they're not, yeah. you know, like making themselves a snack while we're oh, really? Sitting, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I
1: you meant like another uh, host or something.
0: No, no, no. Like, then they're like, don't worry about it. And I'm like, I'm worried. I am I'm worried because yeah.
1: I'm hungry and they're yeah. cooking right in front of and me. And
0: I'm also in their house. Like Yeah. It's in, yeah, yeah.
1: And also, peanut allergy. Yeah. What are you making yeah, over Yeah, exactly.
0: Are you frying up some pad thai? (laughs) Let me out of here, I say.
1: (laughs) Speaking of food, do you know about these? This woman, this is ASMR. Oh, yeah. This woman just uh, films herself eating honeycombs. Like She's going to eat all of that, and this video is 13 minutes long, and she eats all of it, and it has almost a million views, and this is a thing people love. So she's... Looks to be like she's probably about 112 pounds.
0: Yeah. So how can she just sit there and eat a thing of honeycomb?
1: Um, honeycombs have a lot of uh, holes in them. I so guess right.
0: <laughs> but there she's putting creme fresh. What's that? On. That's just like like heavy cream. You know.
1: This looks delicious. Actually.
0: It does. It looks. It looks. But <laughs> so
1: this isn't an, uh, uh this isn't an erotic thing. I think it is. Oh, really? I mean, I've said this before, but the fact they're not showing her eyes makes it pornographic to me. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, oh, which is obviously okay. to
1: disguise her identity because she cannot walk down the street, right? Especially in a bee colony. <laughs> you're like, so the, we know why you're here. So,
0: and this—I'm uh, assuming it's a lady. It could be. It could be a man.
1: That could be a Japanese boy. It you're could right. be a Japanese boy. Could be me three years ago.
0: Yeah. So this is a million views. This I can assume this is person is making their living living off of yeah. doing this. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty great. I mean, for them.
1: For you not know, for
0: us, it's not great for society.
1: <laughs> you don't think so? Ah, uh, I mean,
0: is this what it's come to? Is I can I guess it's fine. Like nobody's getting hurt. It's she's making money. The yeah. person whose thing this is. Yeah. Is being, you know, catered to. Yeah. But like, I mean, I don't understand. I don't understand how anybody would find this anything
1: but horrifying. Yeah, I kind of. The sounds are gross. Yeah, the sound... Um, yeah. That being said, you know what I've been really addicted to lately is... You know who... This is so gross. <laughs> you know who Dr. Pimple Popper
0: is? No, but I'm guessing I know what they do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you venture a guess, Graham? Somebody who
0: pops things on YouTube? Is that... It's,
1: uh, she. Just got her own show on TLC, but I didn't know that. Oh, really? Joe Rogan's been talking about how he loves it. He's like, it's so satisfying. That is exactly what it is. She's a surgeon, but all she specializes in is lancing out-of-control cysts. And I can't stop watching. It's so gross, (laughs) but it's so satisfying seeing it work. Yeah, She took out... There was this dude. He was 50-something, and he had what looked like a grapefruit under the skin on the back of his neck. And, uh, and he's like an old Asian guy. Right. And then she was like, she, she, she asks weird questions that should be offensive, but aren't right. And then she'll, she'll curb it with a compliment. She'll be like, well, once we take this gross thing out, you'll be the bell of the ball. Or she'll say something like that. But she was like, how, what's been the hardest part about having this problem? And the guy was like, uh, going out in public. (laughs) <laughs> oh, so sad. But then she took it out. Took 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. I watched the whole thing. Um and uh usually it'll be like something you can pop. This was a chunk of steak. It was solid. Wow. What was that? Was it a tumor? I don't even I don't even know if tumors are solid, but then she just oh, yeah. like dropped it on in this tin and then she was like fascinated by it and she's like starts cutting it up like like a piece of meat and then she's like i got to send this to the lab and find out what it is i never found out what it was but, wow but I, I can see i can i mean
0: there's this show in britain called uh what is it called something bodies either like bizarre bodies or oh, whatever. yeah okay and it's it's the most graphic show i've ever seen <laughs> in my life and it's on. It's not like on late. Yeah. It's it's on just during prime time. It's on a food network, correct? Uh, probably somewhere. It's probably Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was uh, like it was so fascinating. It was so disgusting, mm-hmm. but it was so fascinating. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I can I can understand that to a degree. I don't understand why it's so addictive to me, though. And it's so satisfying. Like, she had on a guy, and he had this condition on his nose called... I think it's called rhinocerosis or something. Oh, that's a horrible name for it. I know. Poor guy. (laughs) Um, And she said, like, this guy looked like... uh, like sort of like a 1920s drawing of a Jewish person. Okay. Like just a crazy huge nose. Just a giant. Yeah. 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 And she said something like once again, she's like, once I shave this down, the ladies are going to talk to you. Like kind of was a compliment, kind of a burn. Right. And then uh, he's also 90 years old. Um, and uh, she had this tool that's like a little electric hoop and she was just shaving off layers Incredibly satisfying the way. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. So weird.
0: <laughs> but you know who I find uh, I find especially when it comes to like any of that kind of like pimple pop, any of that kind of stuff. Women are into that in yeah. a big way.
1: Yeah, yeah. They want to do it for you.
0: They, they, uh, man. Oh man. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like why why do they get to say that we're gross? <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean Like we are People and freaks Yeah Like we are gross But it's like also You know Check yourself Yeah yeah yeah.
1: Before you wreck yourself Like Ice Cube Your hero (laughs) said Um, Yeah Cause shotgun bullets Are bad for your health Yes yes yes
0: That's what I've always said
1: Speaking of which Let's watch some rap This guy Like This is Ice JJ Fish You know it's gonna be bad Kind of But you don't realize How bad it's gonna be Also look how many views 65 million 65
0: million Isn't this crazy? The Junos are advertising on this video.
2: Yeah. No.
0: No. (laughs) This can't be. I mean, I would watch this video. There's no doubt about it. I can see why this has 65 million views.
1: Do you prefer this to pimple popping? I think so. Yeah. (laughs) To me, it's the same ballpark. (laughs) This is like, <laughs> like, isn't it fascinating? Though, like, it is fascinating. You know, it's weird. He's in key. Is he? Yeah, he's singing. He's not out of key. It's it's all musically correct. Just his voice is devastating. But now, what do you think? Do you think this guy?
0: Do you think he's pulling a fast one? Uh, I don't think so.
1: I think you think this is authentic. Because, um, first of all, a lot of beautiful ladies in this video. That's true. I wonder if they're listening to the song while they're doing the video because they—they're too good for this. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's
1: kind of like there's this there's this rapper named Bangs. Did you ever hear about him? He's in Aus- he's in Australia. Okay. And he had a video that went viral for being bad, but then he got in a. He got to perform at Big Day Out Festival, which is the biggest Australian festival ever. And then he got a commercial with Toyota where he was in it. So so he ironically became very successful. Huh. And so I think this guy genuinely uh, felt like he had something to offer. And then it is successful.
0: It is. But I wonder what the level of, like, is this guy like, I'm going to make something so bad. Mm. So bad it's good Kind of thing
1: It's so Tommy Wiseau though Like he's nailing it And ha- you gotta be a genius to Like even his dance moves are like um, This is MC Hammer Adam's Family Groove I don't remember Actually I thought this was too legit to quit That was no. This song, is right? uh,
0: This is do what they want to do Say what they want to say
1: So he had a song in each of the movie Oh yeah Guys, we can't do a sequel unless Hammer signs on (laughs) Someone drive up to his gold-plated mansion, which he did have Or no, he had a mansion that the the fence was gold It was gold, yeah People stole it
0: Really? Yeah
1: He also put it up on a hill, so he said the people in his old ghetto had someone to look up to Not a joke Wow yeah.
0: Because he really ruled the world for the year or so he was, or the couple of years he was popular. He, yeah. was, he was it.
1: You know what's crazy though is he had on his big tour for um, You Can't Touch This, he had an unknown vanilla ice open. Get out! By the end of that tour, vanilla ice was uh, drawing more than him. That, is, blew my, uh, that blows my mind. That's kind of sad because he kind of was just doing what he did. Yeah. He was dressing exactly the same.
0: But would you say that MC Hammer more than any other rapper brought rap to the to the masses? Brought it to the mainstream? Hmm. Because before I feel like it, you had to you had to go you had to go to rap.
1: Right. You had to go find Boogie Down Productions and stuff. I guess the first mainstream hit would have been You Can't Touch This. I guess I think you're right. Like what would have been you
0: know cuz of course before that uh, would have been, like, the 80s, I guess, like, maybe Fresh Prince.
1: He wasn't, I uh, think, I don't think that was a worldwide, I don't think that was, like, a cultural phenomenon, the way You Can't Touch This was. Right. And then Ice Ice Baby was a cultural phenomenon. Right. Which is kind of weird, in a way. It is it, weird. It was, like, a year apart, and then, it's weird. I'm such a, like, hip-hop fan, I, I never really thought about it. I think you're right, though. But,
0: like, yeah, I mean, if not MC Hammer, who was it? That like just brought it to the mainstream where everybody was like, "This is music I like."
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think you're right. That's that's so weird. Did you know that um, Vanilla Ice was discovered by Chuck D? No. Yeah, he found him. At, he saw him break dancing in a mall. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> nothing then, cooler
0: than break dancing in a mall, kids.
1: I think I'm unironically agree- agreeing <laughs> with you right now. I mean, what else was what other thing would be displayed in the mall? Like a karate practice or yes, something? Yes,
0: there would be. Or, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, like a dance troupe. bunch mm-hmm. of kids that are in a dance troupe. I remember when I was a kid, uh, the band Moist. Yeah. Played at a mall in whoa, my cool. City, yeah, yeah, and they left the stage after I think three songs because everybody kept pushing. Whoa! And they were like, "Stop pushing, or we have to leave." And like, we just whoa, we just wanted more. You couldn't at that get point.
1: N- enough moist in your life. <laughs> Speaking of big day out, um, that was the festival where a bunch of people died for that reason during Limp Bizkit's set. So. Really? Yeah, a bunch of people got crushed. Have you ever played an outdoor music festival? They're my favorite. Really? Absolutely. What do you like about them? Um, We've been fortunate enough that we never have have had to do an early slot. Uh, And so we played this one last year that I love called Ponderosa. Okay. And we're on at like 9 o'clock on Saturday. Where's that? It's uh, Rock Creek, B.C. Okay. And so it's cool because no one's going anywhere because it's in the middle of nowhere. Right. And the sun was setting, and uh, and then it was just like fun vibes, and so nice. I and it was outdoors, and it was like a little bit windy, so you know my hair looked cool, yeah, it was very, very important. And uh, I I prefer that, like I just like how big the stage is, and right, and uh, I I don't know, there's there's something sp- certainly special about a big outdoor thing, is just sort of traditionally right, just growing up seeing the sort of like Hendrix footage and stuff like that i just i've always thought it was cool yeah you know
0: is that something like when you were younger you're like oh man outdoor festival
1: yeah or arena yeah yeah which i've done some of those too you've played in arenas yeah lots what was that like um one of them was touring with marilyn manson who was my hero growing up so that was a big deal what was it like touring with marilyn manson uh, He's he was so cool i was just saying this he's so he was he was nice to us and not to other people, and that made it even better.
0: Uh, yeah, because you know that that's authentic <laughs> niceness that yeah, you got there.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then he knew that I knew some guys in Nine Inch Nails, so he's like, "Hey, tell this guy I know he has webbed feet." Like he was like making me slam them. I love then, it. And then he and then the next day he's like, "Did you text it to him?" I'm like, yeah. And he's like, "What did he say?" And I was like, "Nothing." He's like, "That means he did it right." Walked <laughs> away. Like, Whoa, you're cool. Yeah. So was he like? Did he seem like a happy? happy uh, guy? He was. He was uh, pretty jovial about halfway through the tour. Okay. Um, he was like letting us have his drinks and stuff because all he drinks is absinthe. So he would like let <laughs> us have his rider and stuff. And then, and then he started coming out and watching our sound checks and stuff, which was cool. Yeah. It was like kind of made me nervous a little bit. And I, I never really feel nervous when I'm going to perform. I feel anxious. Yeah. That yeah. My gear's not going to work or something, but when he was watching, I was like, oh my God, this is like, yeah, surreal. Yeah.
0: And that would be the time when a guy like that would be able to watch you. With, yeah. Like, cause yeah. when you're doing your actual set, he's getting ready.
1: And, yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: drinking absinthe and <laughs> yeah. cho- choking some sort of snake, you know, <laughs> venom into a glass yeah. or uh, whatever, I just you know?
1: Meant- like recreationally choking a snake, but it's hard to choke something with no neck, Graham.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, that old adage. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Tell, Just tell try... preach into to the choir over here.
1: <laughs> try choking a worm. See, see where you get doing that. But like,
0: I always assumed that he was a guy that, uh, like backstage is like, like remember in Wayne's world mm-hmm. with Alice Cooper backstage. That's what I always assumed. Marilyn Manson was like, very like i thought, thought he was probably really funny yeah and he's is. probably just like a generally chill kind of guy
1: he's similar to that in conversation but also super into destructive behavior oh, okay like one weird thing he had popcorn everywhere he loves popcorn there's like bags of popcorn everywhere who and doesn't then, and it's true and then uh one time there is a Uh, a bag of popcorn and he was, I don't know what he was doing. Like I was going to stage and he was walking the other direction. And, uh, there was a bunch of janitors standing there for the arena. And he looked at them and just dumped all the popcorn out and then just kept walking. And they sheepishly cleaned it up. and like, that was the point of that interaction. Right. And, uh, which I enjoyed. And then one, another time I walked by catering, uh, of which he was destroying by himself in the middle of the day. And I was walking by and he Like throwing it around and yeah, stuff? Smashing the shit out of everything. Huh. And he was by himself and uh, what I thought was sweet. And then I was walking by and he was literally holding a recycling bin over his head ready to throw it. And then he looked at... He saw me. He's like, Hey, Kevy." I was like, Hey. And he smashed it. Oh. Was like, he knows my name. So do you think like... <laughs> does he feel like he has to do rock star things? I think he just... Yeah, maybe, or maybe he just wants to. I mean, no one does it anymore. And yeah, so he was, nobody does that anymore. He was like, the first show of the tour was in Penticton, and right. he smashed a bottle and sliced himself up so bad that they outlawed glass in the rest of the tour. Jesus. And then the next day, he was mad that there was no glass. So right. then the next day, this roadie snuck in some glass. <laughs> For him to smash nice. and cut himself—that's a good Brody. <laughs> yeah. So he does. He really is. He really is that guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. And then he was like really funny, and uh, he was sweet to us. I, it was like I've been pretty fortunate to like meet my heroes and have them be cool to me. Like mm-hmm. he was great. Erica Badu was like really sweet to me. And, um, oh, I
0: imagine she she seems like she'd be a sweetheart.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like growing up, I love Tom Green, and then we're friends now. Like, and he's awesome. Like, That's amazing. Yeah. So I've been I've been fortunate. Like, I, it would really crush. I'm like such a fan of things. It would really crush me if you met somebody and, and they were they're a dick. Yeah. And I mean, being a that could have gone wrong. Considering I'm a huge Marilyn Manson fan, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but like. The yeah. fact that he's like checking checking out your band and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and like he's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? You've I'm sure you've met lots of your favorites. Yeah, and I've never had a bad I've never had a
0: bad experience. Like yeah, yeah I never had anything except exactly what I assumed it was going to be. Really? And the only one that was a bit of a surprise was when I was uh, I opened for Norm Macdonald years and years ago. Yeah. And people told me this was before he was doing his like Twitter and before he was on, uh, you know, doing his YouTube show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the uh, rumor about him was that he was very, very antisocial, which is, oh. of course, we know now. Yeah. it couldn't be farther from the truth. <laughs> you know what I that mean? Rumor started. I don't know. But he loves conversation. He he can talk all the live long day. Yeah. And, uh, and that was exactly my experience with him is he asked me, he was like, you, do you get nervous before shows? And I was like, no, I'm fine. And he's like, come in and we'll talk. We talked about wrestling and oh, he likes wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Like you like wrestling. I do. I mean, I don't watch it now, but I grew up on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, we talked about the old time wrestling and I grew up in Calgary. So I knew all the, like Stu Hart, all these old wrestlers yeah. and, um, uh, but yeah, it was that was the only surprising one because everybody's like, "Oh, he won't talk to you at all before <laughs> a show." I
2: wonder why they
1: said that.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that was his reputation at a at a time. I mean, it was completely, huh? Yeah, it's completely bunk.
1: But that your show Havana, this mm-hmm. was called, or it's called Laugh Gallery, Laugh Gallery at yeah, yeah. Havana. It's it's kind of encourages new newcomers, right? Mm-hmm. Mixed with. It's sort of like a pro am vibe, I guess, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Like it's I try to keep the show really short, so I only put four people on
1: it. I think that's a good thing.
0: <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I think uh in general, every form of entertainment, this goes across the board, Absolutely. all the shows are too long.
1: I love that you just said that. Yeah. Even my favorite band, like I remember when I was a teenager I went and saw WeeN and it was 3 hours, like come on. <laughs> An hour's great.
0: Yeah, and like I went and saw uh guns N' roses on their most recent mm-hmm. pass through town yep. and yeah if they had come out and done a 45 minute set everybody would have left there just floating on a cloud yeah. you know what i mean yeah and they did three hours <laughs> and i was like well you guys don't even have that many songs like at least we put out a bunch of albums yeah you know uh guns N' roses three four albums it
1: depends on if Chinese democracy counts, I guess. I well, don't I mean, it think is your there was. A, album. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I I don't think anybody but the purists <laughs>
2: like me.
0: <laughs> but you know, I like. Uh, I think an hour, an hour and a half is the sweet spot. Yeah. If you can all in an hour and a half a show. Mm-hmm. Whew. Yeah. Like I watched a movie last night that was an hour and a half, and it was the best. Right. Like. I I love that. Yeah, I didn't even care that, like, it was just like at one point I checked how much time was left. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be over in half an hour. Right. I love it. It was the movie Coneheads, correct? It was the movie. It was the 1994 film Coneheads. (laughs) It was the movie. Have you? You've definitely seen it. Shadow of a Vampire? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that uh, was what you watched last night. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. I'd seen it before, but I didn't remember that it was only an hour and a half. I, I wish I could just have the fortitude to be like, all movies I watch are an hour and a half. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm not watching them.
1: I just watched "I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker" last night. Oh yeah, I watched it since I was a little kid. And I does it hold up? It's better now because I. It's weird because I got into stuff like that way too young to even understand it. I just mm-hmm. liked it. Like I loved Martin, and I was like a little kid. We didn't. I don't
0: think I. I don't. I don't think we had the channel that Martin was on. Fox. Yeah, I don't. Fox was like we were only allowed. The Simpsons. Wow, sweet. And I think like. When we got a bit older, we were allowed to watch Married with Children.
1: Okay, I really wanted to watch that, and I wasn't allowed, but I was allowed Martin, and Martin's just as sexual. Yeah, like Martin, yeah.
0: I don't think we were allowed for sure we weren't allowed to live in color. I had to watch that at my oh, friend's that, house.
1: that raised me, and I didn't get <laughs> that either. I just liked Damon Wayans. Yeah, you
0: know? I, liked, <laughs> I liked everything about it, me but I, I was the same. I bet you... What's this? Oh, my gosh.
1: This is the third episode in a, in a row. Something's come up, and I've had the book behind that's me. I just so, that's so crazy. Graham, the in living Color don't play book. that. Oh wow! Yeah, I am stumbling to Nardwar territory by accident. <laughs> but I mean, if they had done
0: nothing more than discover Jim Carrey, it would have been a, a classic yeah. television
1: show. But they did, yeah, so much more than that. You know that they passed on Martin Lawrence being in the cast? Get out. They passed on him. They passed on um, JB Smoove? Really? Yeah, all these wow. people they just weren't ready yet, I guess. But you know what's funny is when I was a little kid and I watched it, um I loved Damon Wayans and Jim Carrey, but now when I watch it, which I have every season. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite's David Allen Greer.
2: David so Allen Greer. So
1: Yeah, he was like he and I, I hope this
0: doesn't border on blasphemy, but I, th- I feel like he was the Phil Hartman of *In oh, Living Color*. That's a good call. He actually. was like the utility guy. Yeah. Anytime they just needed, like, he could do this accent. He could do this yeah. character. He gives it like he could play it
1: straight. Yeah. Yeah. He's brilliant. He's in David Mamet plays and stuff now. Is he really? Yeah, he's like a stage guy. I mean, that was kind of. He wasn't a comedian when he was on that show, and neither was Kim Coles and a couple other people who were early cast members. Right. Uh, Kelly Caulfield. Like, they weren't stand ups or, like, improv people. They were just good actors. Really? Yeah. So, David Allen Greer was actually. He was trying to play music. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah.
0: Like, it does. It also shows, like in a story like that how much luck has to like how many lucky things have to line up totally i mean you have to obviously have to be ready to take advantage of that but just to have had that pilot made at the same time fox was looking for this thing yeah yeah. you know what i
1: mean like it just you know what else is weird is they wanted to have um at least one white guy on it so it's jim carrey right but it was almost thomas hayden church
0: What well, kind of, it'd be a very different world we yeah, live in. Cause yeah,
1: because uh, SNL passed on Jim Carrey.
0: Yeah, and he he has, like, some crazy story about going there. Like, the day he went to audition, there was somebody jumping off of the building or something? Yeah, that's something. right. It's in, yeah. The, it's in the book, yeah. Yeah. Read the
1: book. It's interesting. Um And, uh, yeah, but what all I was saying was, like, I didn't even understand the jokes. I just like, mm. liked. It goes back to charisma, I guess. It's yeah. Like, I just liked those guys. and
0: it also felt like I don't know that was a big thing when I was a kid and I think anybody that like then goes on to be like a comedy nerd is that you really felt like comedians were
1: they were giving you the straight yeah story I feel like that now yeah it's more inspiring to me than like what's going on in popular music oh is that right absolutely
0: What's going on? I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on in popular music. I mean, Did you hear me
1: sigh there? Yeah.
0: I mean, the big sigh yeah. too. Yeah. I,
1: I just think it's it the inter- the thing is is that for instance in the early 90s, the major labels would sign things that could potentially change music and that was the goal and right. they could afford to do things like that. Right. So they'd sign things like L7 or, you know what I mean, like yeah, weird yeah. things. Yeah. Public Enemy or whatever, Jane's Addiction. Yeah. Now there's such little money going in and out of those big labels that they only want to fund things that they think are the best, I, best chance at a sure thing. Right. And so everything's really banal, right. I think. And then, and then because major labels still kind of run the media of the popular media of what you see, yeah, what the common person sees, it just seems makes most music feel like that. So for instance, I was thinking about how hip hop. Um, I think I think one thing that's made hip hop not as good as it was before is back in the day of like um, Public Enemy and stuff like that. The producers were these guys called the Bomb Squad, okay. and they would assemble music in a really peculiar way. They would find all these funk samples, all these drum beats, and they'd create a song out of that, not even playing an instrument. Right. Nowadays, almost all hip-hop is done in someone's basement with software synths, right. and so there's it's missing that sort of magic of accidentally making a weird song. Oh,
0: okay.
2: I mean, yeah, it still yeah.
1: happens here or there, and then also everyone thinks they can rap, so... There's a lot of garbage, I think Yeah In my opinion And so And then and then, there's like No big rock bands right now I mean, the great thing is There's this band called Portugal the Man They've actually been around For like 18 years Or something like that And they've had the number one song In pop and alternative radio This year for a long time Okay And it's a great song They're really playing instruments And it's really good for bands like mine Because it's alternative music But it's palatable for everybody Right But it's still not being safe um, and that's so uncommon. It, it's like it sounds like a back song kind of. Right. You, you've probably heard it. It's in a bunch of like car commercials and stuff like that. Because I know you love car commercials. I do love car commercials. <laughs> Ween was in a car commercial once. What? Ween was in a really? Car yeah, yeah. Cool. They also did a, a theme song for uh, for Pizza Hut once. It was like just about cheese or something.
0: That sounds right.
1: <laughs> yeah. If you wanna, if you want a cheese
0: based song, there's only two people to go to. Yeah. Ween or Weird Al. Or Primus,
1: sailing the seas of cheese. Ah, damn it! Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like, I read yesterday
0: the big uh, thing being passed around Twitter was this interview with um, Julian Casablancas. Yeah, of the Strokes. Yeah, and... I don't know. I don't understand what everybody was... Except the thing that he said that Jimi Hendrix wasn't successful in his lifetime. I was like, yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> he was huge. And that's what the interviewer was like. He totally was. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. And he's like, he had a number one album. He closed Woodstock. Like yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He was big. Yeah. But uh, all the things he was saying, are, I I didn't understand why everybody was... People were upset about it? No, they were just saying... They were making fun of him. Oh, they, okay. You know, saying that... Because, you know, uh, I'm sure... Uh, You've heard the Frank Zappa quote that music journalism is, uh, you know, (laughs) written by people who can't write interviewing people who can't speak for people who can't read. (laughs) (laughs) So, So, you know, I wasn't surprised by anything he had to say, but he was saying that he wished that, you know, the, the act that he was talking about was somebody called Ariel Pink. Yeah. And saying like, why is why is Ed Sheeran so popular and Ariel Pink isn't as popular? Interesting. But it's always been that way. There's like always yep. been some, Yeah. you know, Donnie Marie were more popular than
1: um, Frank Zappa. Also, Ariel Pink is really successful. Ariel Pink is like an indie rock darling who happens to write songs for like Justin Bieber and stuff. Right. That's successful. The you're, hugely you're having successful. your cake and eating it too at that point. Right. You know, it's like Frank Ocean is the sort of coolest version of that, which is his songs are his, very him and they're weird and he'll sample like Radiohead and his songs mm-hmm. and do a whole album about Playstation 1 and then he'll also write a song for Beyonce and Be famous from that And then He'll go into obscurity For a year And then come out And everyone celebrates it Like Yeah 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 Kind of do whatever he wants Yeah But just because he's not On the cover of all the magazines Doesn't mean he's not successful So I think Ariel Pink Is successful Yeah But Julian Casablancas Is interesting too Because The Strokes kind of Came along at a time And went in the early 2000s And like Changed music that way Yep And then Great great three albums A lot of people don't like The Third Strokes album But I like that one But um it was kinda of heavier. Yeah. But uh ushered in a new style of music and then he's just done weird record after weird record since. Yeah. Just doing what he wants. So that's a great that's great. That's success to me. That's exactly success. Yeah,
0: so it's kinda of like what is he moaning about?
1: I'm just <laughs> I just I'm conf- I'm surprised he would qualify Ariel Pink as not being moaning. I. I think he was
0: just saying the thing that people have said since music. You know where yeah. people are like, why isn't the thing that I think is like the yeah. high quality thing yeah. not the popular thing? And it's almost never the case. Yeah. Once in a while, there's somebody that like everybody universally agrees on like mm-hmm. this is good mm-hmm. and it's popular. Right. And that happens like generally like once a generation. Yeah. It's like Nirvana, Nirvana, like, yeah. yeah, or the yeah, Beatles, yeah. or Beyonce, yeah, yeah. or you know, or like now like. Like, Kendrick Lamar. Like, everybody's yeah. like, this is good, mm-hmm. and everybody likes it, and it's popular, and and it's like, that's... You know, or Kanye West. Yeah. It was another, like, this is good quality stuff, mm-hmm. and it's popular. Yeah. But there's so few examples of that <laughs> that, like, we could name them all.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, the thing about him comparing... Sorry, I keep coming back. But it's interesting. mm mm-hmm. uh, Him saying Ariel Pink versus ed sheeran yeah ed sheeran is exactly what a major label would like of course especially right now he's it's although he's not a model like normally they'd go after right but he's really a good musician yeah so i think that's great that he's successful sure he's a really good guitar player and a really good singer and he's pretty. He's kind of funny a little bit, and then and he writes all his own stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. So I I don't have a problem with that. It could be worse. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it was maybe, and
0: that also maybe why people were making so much fun of him. Yeah, was like, what is your problem, man? You yeah, know? The,
1: it's it's interesting. It's kind of like when uh, I think it's really low hanging fruit to like rip on Nickelback. Sure. It's first of all. Uh, that was like 15 years ago, which is would have been a good time to rip on them. Right. It's also just safe, and it also just makes it seem like you don't know any other bands. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, uh, who's the
0: guy? He wrote he wrote a bunch of books about pop culture. One of them was called Chuck uh, Osterman. There, thank you. I have
1: a, should I look at my bookshelf? <laughs> <laughs> he uh, <laughs> he
0: had a great essay about. I'm trying to remember how he phrased it, but basically saying that you don't like Nickelback doesn't say anything. It doesn't say anything about you. Yeah. It just says that you heard that that's a thing to do.
1: Yeah. Like it doesn't express any taste. And that really bothers me. Yeah, I can see that. It really bothers me when uh, I'm sounding so curmudgeonly right now, especially with what I'm about to say. But it's like. When there's a new slang term and everyone just jumps on it, (laughs) uses it, that bothers me. Uh, I've never texted anyone LOL, by the way. Um, I'm sounding so snobby right now, but this is the conversation to do it, finally. Uh, I find that it's pile-on culture right now. So, like, what's his name? The guy that charged uh, a bunch of money. He bought the only Wu-Tang album. Oh, Martin Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, the guy's a dickhead. Yeah. But as soon as he goes to jail, it's like... Everyone on Twitter is like, "Oh yeah, yeah, what a fucking like all saying the exact same thing." Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're right, but also, do you have to do that? Like, yeah, like one per exactly. Like, w- yeah, we all we all get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's just trite or something. Like, I don't even know what I'm complaining about. No, it but shouldn't it, bother me, but it does.
0: But it's the same thing as like uh, you're right. It's it's exactly what you said. It's pile on culture. Yeah, and it's. Like, I remember when um, Hugh Hefner died, mm-hmm. uh, all I did all day was retweet people who made the exact same joke <laughs> all day. Like, I'd say he's going to heaven, but uh, the way he lived his life, oh. uh, I don't know that it could be any better. And so it's just, like, retweeting. And I didn't have to even look yeah. for it. It was just there on Twitter. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh,
1: so people are also... They could be lazy. I mean, you're... Twitter game has not been the same since Donald Trump liked one of your tweets. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That was before
1: That was before all this nonsense happened. That's just when he was a star of Home Alone 2. Yes. Yes. And that's why you're such a fan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, as far as I'm concerned, he's still that same cool guy from Home Alone 2. <laughs> you know why he's in Home Alone 2. Why? Um, This is a weird thing that Bring he it. did. Bring it. Uh, that... Anybody who filmed anything on any of his properties, one of the stipulations was that he got to be in the mood, like a cameo. Oh, they should have tricked him. Well, they, most. Snuff enough, film. Yeah, mo- <laughs> <laughs> uh, most productions cut the. They film it and they just cut it out because oh. there was nothing that said they had to use it. Yeah. And Home Alone 2 was the, one of the only ones that kept it. Right. And so, but he's appeared
1: in. Right. Like a hundred films, but he's been cut out of all of them. It's because an eight-year-old Macaulay Culkin was a staunch Republican, right? But at the time, Donald Trump was a Democrat. Oh, really? Yeah. How dare he switch it up? I like that he was just a famous rich guy. (laughs) Yeah, he's like Scrooge McDuck, and he was famous for being rich. (laughs) He wasn't just a famous rich guy; like he was famous, like
0: he'd appear on a on a you know cover of a magazine he, i remember he's on like the cover of playboy he's like nice magazine want to sell it uh. <laughs> so that's what he was he was famous for being rich uh, yeah which is weird a weird yeah. class of fame all its own
1: <laughs> you know what i mean yeah man i want to be famous for that yeah yeah me too for <laughs> being i am famous currently for being a penny heir. Oh yeah, you've got pennies. Couple. They're not worth anything anymore in this country. Can't even find one. You <laughs> just throw them in the garbage.
0: Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> the hard.
1: Can you recycle pennies? You got to go find a, a copper guy.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Who's your copper guy? I don't know. I was hoping you could introduce <laughs> me to one.
1: Maybe an old prospector, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. You know what? I'll look around. I'll get back to you. <laughs>
1: Thanks. <laughs> Alright, man. That was an hour and a half. We mm. probably <laughs> all right. Thanks, Graham. Thanks for doing this, man. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, and I love your podcast, man. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for having me on your podcast. This is great. I'm thank you, sir. Day. Okay. You're acting
2: like you don't know me no more, my words just the way.
1: Thanks everyone for listening. I appreciate it. Thanks to Graham Clark, the great comedian, arguably the best in the country, for coming on my show. Uh, If you're in Vancouver, Fake Shark, my band, we're playing Juno Fest this week with Kenny Starr. That's going to be good. Uh, So come to that. That's the celebrities on uh, the the 26th. So come to that. And uh, beyond that, we're playing CMW in Toronto, some shows around that. We have a new song coming out early May. And I'm um, figuring out the video for it right now so that's gonna be cool. So we got some stuff coming out. Make sure to stare at my social media accounts just obsessively. okay Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. bye
2: Don't you know if you give me a chance that I only be true.